Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast. Today, let's talk about all those things that you can prep now to get ready for the rest of the year. This is something that I have done for years and years, and if I'm being honest, I think it makes my hoarder heart a little bit happy. I hoard all kinds of things. I buy all kinds of random things from the Target Dollar Spot or the Dollar Tree because I just might need it someday, and it lives in my cabinets at school or lives in my garage, and I don't know. So I guess prepping things in advance makes me also feel like, oh my gosh, I have everything I need for the whole year. Like if all the Dollar Trees shut down in the world, it's going to be okay because I have it all in advance. I don't know why I'm like that. It drives my husband crazy, but that's just how I am. So I like to spend summertime or usually like the week or so before school is when I do a lot of these things, when we're allowed to go work in our classrooms. This is when I do some of these kinds of things so that I can prep it at the beginning of the year and it's just ready. Just from now until the end of the year, it's there whenever I need it. You know, in case like the copier machine breaks and they can't fix it and they have no paper or whatever silliness that isn't gonna happen, just in case that happens. I know, I know, it sounds ridiculous. Anywho, here are some things that I prep in advance. I used to send all of my paperwork home in manila envelopes that I had just with a Sharpie written, please return to Mrs. Wilp with a smiley face. But those got beat up really, really quickly. And in an old episode of the podcast, when I was interviewing, um, I think it was Meredith, maybe? She had said um, that she sends home a red folder, that way it stands out, and that's what she puts all of her paperwork in. And so with those, I took that and said, you know what, that's a fabulous idea. So a back to school time when you can get folders for five or 10 cents, I'll buy some of those red folders and I'll print out some stickers that say, please return to Mrs. Wilp. And then on the insides of those, which again, this was her idea, she put keep it home and bring back to school. And because we have a high EL population, I also translated those into Spanish so that I'm sending, if I'm sending those home, they know you're bringing this back, but you're keeping this at home. And so um, I prep those in the summertime. That way I just have them for the rest of the year. I reuse those red folders. So as somebody brings paperwork back to me, if the folder is still in good shape, I put it in my drawer and I'll reuse that over and over. So this year I prepped 25. It was my first time doing that. I had literally zero idea of how many folders I would need. So I started with 25. And I made it most of the way through the school year. It wasn't until about April. 
and we get out of school in May here in Indiana. So I made it to April with all of my folders. And so then I had a few weeks where I thought, you know what, I'll just send manila envelopes home like I always did. It's something that the school already has. I don't have to print stickers. I don't have to do all of that. And I did that for maybe a couple of weeks. And then I was like, you know, those red folders, they really do look so much better. So I happened to be in Walmart one day, which is rare because usually I do Walmart pickup. And I thought, you know what, I'll see how much the folders are. If they're cheap, I'll buy, you know, maybe 10 of them. And I already had labels from the year prior, or, you know, from the summertime when I had prepped them. I didn't print all of them, but I still had the labels like in the folders that I, it wasn't like I had to buy those as well. So mid-April, I made 10 more and that took me to the end of the year. And I still had some in my drawer at the end of the school year. So this summer, I'm prepping 40. Well, actually, I'm, I can't say it like I'm doing it right now. I'm waiting on those folders to go on sale at back to school time. And my plan is to prep 40 of those with the hopes that that will take me through the entire school year. And sometimes when those folders get really grungy looking, I just throw them out. I don't want to send, you know, we all have like that kid who brings home everything tattered and looking gross. I don't want to send home that folder that's been with that student home with a student who is perfect at paperwork and gets everything turned in and it's all crisp and perfect. If it looks really awful, I just throw it away. Another thing that I prep for the school year is a purple folder. And just like last episode, we learn from our colleagues. We learn from what other people are doing. This was an idea that I kind of felt like I was not doing well. This was something that I reflected on last year and thought, man, I need to do better. Before annual case conference in the past, I never asked for parent or teacher input in advance. Definitely at the IEP meeting table, I did. So I don't want it to be like, I never cared. I never asked. I never put any input. I did, but I just didn't do it in advance. I never did it before the conference. But in the resource room Facebook group, I kept seeing people asking for, you know, what do you use for parent surveys? What do you use for gen ed teacher surveys? What do you do? And I was like, man, I am such a failure because I never, ever do that. But I could see the value in that. So last summer, I asked a few of my teacher friends from my school. I said, okay, tell me, be honest. If I gave you like a rating scale or, you know, a questionnaire, what are your thoughts on that? Would you be like, Amanda, leave me alone. I have 900 things to do. I don't want to fill out your survey. Leave me alone. Or would you be like, oh, thank you. I feel like I'm part of the team. And they all said, as long as it was short, as long as something that, you know, it's not going to take half of their prep time, but something that they could do they would gladly do that and and again, feel appreciated and like they're part of the team. So I thought, okay, how can I do this and make it where it's easy for me and easy for them? So what I did is at the same time that I was buying those red folders at back to school time, I also bought some purple folders. Purple happens to be my favorite color. So that was why I chose that. However, Um, For like our district, not our elementary school, but our district, that's also our school color or like purple and white. So I can say that it is because it was for the district, but really it's just my favorite color. 
So I um, chose purple folders and on one side I put a parent survey and on the other side I put a gen ed teacher survey. That way when I start the planning process of like, okay, let's, you know, get a date on the calendar, that kind of thing, then I could pull out that folder and send one home with the child, send the folder with the parent survey home with the child, and then I could pull out of the other pocket the teacher survey and give it to them. With the majority of my teachers and my parents, I got them back. It was no big deal. But I didn't really stress about it if I didn't receive them from one or both parties because, like I said, I wasn't doing that at all in the past. So to me, this was icing on the cake. It was fabulous if I had that feedback, if I had some of that to put in the IEP in advance. But if not, I could just ask that in the meeting. We could just discuss it then. It wasn't the end of the world. So I didn't stress about it if I didn't get them back or even, you know, sometimes teachers put pressure on themselves and they're like, oh my gosh, Amanda, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have taken this long. And it's like, well, really, it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not stressing over it at all. But it does, I think, bring a little bit of teamwork in advance. And those are something or that's something that I can link in the show notes if you would like to add that to your routine, something that you want to do. I could definitely link that. It's nothing special, but it is short and sweet, which is what the teachers in my building said that they would want. I also make quite a few copies of my assessments that I use. Um, I have these assessments that I call quick and easy assessments um, or informal assessments. And all it is is various skills that I might need over the course of the year. And I put them on a clipboard that way they are ready to be used in a moment's notice. So if I have a student move in and I need to know what can they do, what can't they do, what kinds of um, IEP goals am I going to need, what group am I going to put them in, I can quickly give them that assessment. And I know usually around what kind of ability level they're working at and know where to place them in a group. If I have a student that we have just evaluated and I'm working on a brand new IEP from scratch, I can also give them those assessments and then I kind of have an idea what can they do, what can they not do. And I've also started using these for annual case conferences just because for students that I've had for several years in a row, it is a fabulous way to show parents the progress that those students have had. You know, first they weren't able to read any of these CBC words. Then last year we worked on beginning blends. Now this year, look, they're reading all of those words and now we're going to move on to ending blends or now we're going to move on to diagraphs or whatever it might be. It gives a really good visual of what students are doing now that maybe they were not able to do a year or two or three before. I like to prep these in the summertime. Sometimes I still have to go make copies at some point throughout the school year, but I usually do a good handful of them just so I know it's going to get me started, get me a good way through the school year. However, it also kind of varies based on what I'm going to need. So last year, I knew that I would exclusively be working with fourth grade students. I didn't make very many copies of the letters, the sounds, the numbers, counting, things like that, because I knew a lot of my students were past that. Um, maybe I might have a student move in, or maybe we might be doing an evaluation and would need that. But in general, I knew what they were able to do. 
and I knew that they weren't going to need those kinds of things. So I made a few copies of it, but not a lot. But I also knew that I had a lot of students who were working on multisyllabic words or who were maybe reading nonsense words because they had great memorization skills, things like that. So I made a lot of copies of those kinds of assessments instead of letters and sounds and numbers. But this next year, I'm going back to kindergarten and first grade and we'll have fourth grade. So I'm gonna need a little bit of all of those things. So when I make copies this year, I'll have to do quite a few of the numbers and counting, quite a few of the letters and sounds. And then I'm still gonna need those decoding, sight word, that kind of assessment as well. So I'll be making kind of those copies to reflect what my caseload looks like this year. And that might be different than next year or last year, that kind of thing. The last thing that I prep over the summer is all of my reading, math, and spelling interventions. I try to prep those in advance. And I'm not talking like making copies of the books, because at that point of the year, I may not know how many students I'm going to have in the red level or the yellow level or the green level or whatever. I may not know those details. So I'm not making copies of the booklets but I do like to have a hard copy of that in all of my binders, which if you've seen any picture that I've ever posted on Facebook, it probably has something to do with those binders because I love having my spelling in a binder, my reading in a binder, they're color coded, they're in sheet protectors. Again, that's not necessary. You don't have to do that, but that helps me know when I'm ready to make those copies, I just grab the orange binder, walk to the copier, and make copies of 10 weeks of books. Or I'm making spelling homework, so I'm taking the spelling binder that's yellow for that particular group or whatever, and I can take that, go to the copier, and I have everything that I need. Some years I have a lot of things to prep, kind of based on what I was creating over the summer. Other summers I don't have quite as much. Last summer I really didn't have much to prep at that point, but this year I will have quite a bit. I've been working on rewriting the yellow and the green levels because I didn't quite love the spelling sequence. So I redid the spelling sequence and now I'm trying to make the yellow match that spelling sequence for the reading passages. So that's gonna be some prep that I'm going to need to do when I go back. I'm going to need to reprint those spelling homework pages, I'm going to need to reprint the books for those yellow and green levels and swap them out from what's in the binder right now, which is outdated or you know follows the old sequence. I'm going to need to switch those out. So that's some prep that I need to do. I don't have to do that. I could totally do it week by week as it comes, but that's just not my style. That's not what I want to do. I also share that with the other um, special education teacher, um, even some of our Title I people use that intervention and they come steal my binders. I don't want it to be outdated and them not know it. They won't know that I'm printing it week by week and replacing it. So I just like to do that all in advance. And then um, even on TPT, I do easy to print files if you own the bundle you'll find easy to print files so that you really could print all the booklets. 
all the lesson plans, all the tests in one file instead of having to split it up. I also like to have those in binders because I might make those copies in advance, but then I have a new student that moves in and I need one more booklet of these three weeks or, or whatever. So I like to have those in those binders so that whether I need one copy or 10 copies, I can grab the binder quickly and go to the copier. That is usually all that I prep over the summer. I make sure that those red folders are ready. My purple folders are ready. I'm ready for any assessments that might come my way. And then all of my interventions are printed and in binders and ready to go for whatever comes. If you are the kind of teacher that does centers or stations or different things like that, you might want to cut and laminate and do all of that kind of stuff over the summer. That's not quite my teaching style, so I don't do a lot of that. Um, and if I do, like maybe for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something that's a little more special or different, then I do that kind of in the moment. But if you are the kind of person who does centers, I would recommend getting ahead on some of that now so that you're not spending your precious prep time cutting things out. Again, that's if you're willing to do some things over the summer. Some teachers say, nope, I'm not doing it, and that's okay. I don't want you to feel like you have to spend your whole summer working. Don't do that. That's that's not okay. For me, a lot of these things are all done in one or two days right before school starts. So feel free to relax. Don't feel pressured like you have to do all kinds of things over the summer. It's okay to take a break. In next week's episode, I am going to answer a question that I cannot even believe is a problem or is a question that is asked so much in the Resource Room Facebook group, but here it is. I have money to spend. What should I buy? Well, girl, I am really good at buying things, and I'm going to share the things that I ask my special education director for year after year. So I'll see you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.